To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 147. Your boys are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. We got the whole team here today recording to do what we do, man. What's up, fellas? How y'all feeling? Do what we do, and we do what do best, man. Like, I'm feeling good. Um, I, I, You know, it's been an episode or two. I feel like it's been whatever, a long time since I've been on here, but... <laughs> I miss you guys, bro. I miss you guys. If you guys can see us visually, Rob cannot contain himself right now, man. Just from his excitement for me being back on the pod, man. No, bro, because you always cutting up. Especially after you miss an episode, you always cut up with the <laughs> intro, bro. You can tell you've been away for a while. You've been too excited to get back. Right. I don't even know how to follow that. I should have just let him take the whole uh, yeah. segment on top. Because y'all not already yeah. Like they do on the newscast. Back to you, Rob. Right. <laughs> right. Y'all not already heard how my day been going. So I just need to jump right into the pod. We don't need to even talk about my day no more, bro. Just... My dog need it. My dog need this to, to release, some, <laughs> release some pressure. He need this podcast. like therapeutic today. Right, right. Well, man, we're coming off week 11 of the NFL season, as promised and as looked forward to. We're going to talk about the L.A. Rams. They picked up a big win <laughs> this past weekend, and, you know, they they edged out, edged them out. Let's take it away. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the Rams are a team that <laughs> we – I just don't know what to do with them, man. It's just uh, – I'm not excited to talk about them. I'm not excited necessarily to see them every week right now. It's just the Seahawks can't properly let us tank, you know, like how you not beat this team that's down their best receiver. Anyway, everything fell in line with the game. You know, Geno missed a couple drives, which was crucial for them. They lost their starting running back. Um, And so, you know, when you have those type of things happen mid-game, it does throw off everything, and it kind of kept the Rams in the game which they were down, I believe, 13 nothing at halftime. Um, I don't know. Just I'm not excited about this team. I wish, honestly, you know, and I hate to say this, a lot of fans, I've been getting a lot of slack on Twitter for this, and a lot of the fan base that follow me on Twitter, you know, kind of been at my throat. But I don't – I've been – I'm in full tank mode. I don't see any benefit from us just missing the playoffs. None. None at all. It's it, it To be middle of the pack, right now we're projected to be – um, the 13 overall pick at four, four and six because of strength and schedule and a couple teams that we beat. Um, I don't see any benefit of us just missing the playoffs and just sitting in the middle of the round. If we're going to suck, let's absolutely suck. And I heard you say that on the last podcast. You were more so in that, in that, in that swing, Rob. But I, I'm just like, I'm the same way. Like, I just don't 
necessarily want to be middle of the pack. And right now we have a chance with our first round pick, which we haven't had in years, to absolutely suck and to get a top five pick. We lose that game last week. We are we have a top five pick. And so right now we're sitting at 13th pick instead of a top five pick, which can be crucial as far as trade pieces, trading back, um, as far as getting your future quarterback, if that's the way you want to go, as far as getting your future left tackle, if you want to go that way, it's a couple of good guys out there. There's so many good quarterbacks that can go in front of us at the 13th pick. I feel like right around that top 10, top 12 is usually when the quarterbacks go. So right now we're on the back end of that and not probably going to miss out on our guy unless we trade up and give up a future first to do that. And I don't want to do that. Yep. That's a good recap. Uh, Ramon, take it away. Your Indianapolis Colts let go of Shaquille Barrett. Your thoughts, feelings about the squad and the moves they're making currently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, not Shaquille Barrett. Sha- oh, Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard. Leonard. I was going to correct it. You know, I, I knew what you meant. Tomato, tomato. I saw your face. I was like, man, no, I got to beat him to it this time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right quickly, just before I go into it, though, man, shout out to your Rams, low. Shout out to the return of Kyron Williams. Uh, I need oh, him yeah. for shout my fantasy him. squad. I need, so. yeah, I need him for the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Was, so shout out to that. Uh, but outside of that, like you said, man, the big thing happening in Indy is uh, Shaquille Leonard getting actually released uh, today as we record. Um, and it's one of those things that, you know, probably as a Colts fan, uh, we probably saw coming more so. Uh, than maybe some of the outsiders just because uh, Shaq Leonard, as we know, at his top and his peak was an all pro linebacker, uh, was routinely as one of the top uh, leading tacklers within the NFL. Uh, but really over the course of the last couple of seasons, uh, he sustained a few different injuries, especially the thing that really started taking him down. Uh, the slope, the slippery slope was really his back injury that he sustained um, and coming back from that and and the procedures and all of that that he had to sort through. And so, um, honestly, he hasn't been the same player uh, since he's had those back issues. And also, too, you know, we did see in this season his uh, role was beginning to be diminished and his role was beginning to be uh, was beginning to decline. And so anytime you have a guy who's been the leader of the defense, who's been the best player, you know, on the defense for several years, but also to kind of like that vocal um, leader of the defense as well, too. It's, it's a pretty big uh, void and also a pretty big, um, I guess, thing for him to be able to grasp as a player when you begin to decline in that way. So I think that ultimately, you know, it is something that it's tough to say as a fan base, you know, and it, it is tough because he really was a popular guy on the squad, but it's something that ultimately had to be done. Um, I think that basically if he doesn't get claimed at this point, he still we still would owe him $6.1 million, uh, for the remainder of this season. He was actually under contract through 2026. Uh, as you can see, he was going to make $16.1 million this year, $19 million next year, and $19.6 million the year after that. So uh, you had a lot of money tied up into him. And basically, the money was not meeting the production anymore. And it's unfortunate that it's happened, but it needed to happen. Yeah, y'all been injury riddled. I mean, y'all lost Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, not too far into the season. So um, hopefully y'all can get healthy, uh, free up some cap space. But your owner is cheap. I mean, you said it multiple times on the podcast. He likes to build through the draft. Uh, So it's interesting to see what direction y'all are going into. But – I mean, hey, 
come to New Orleans. And, you know, speaking of New Orleans, Michael Thomas um, was announced today that he will go on IR for the third consecutive season. Michael Thomas is injured. Um, he's on a decline. This is one of the things that Lowe's pointed out after his first injury, um, you know, a couple of years back is that it's only down from here. Uh, he's at this point a shell of himself. Uh, it's so unfortunate. Uh, as I'll make a point later in the podcast, correlated to receivers with with how they're getting paid. Uh, but this example goes into the person that doesn't like to pay receivers because of uh, injury history and you know injury risk. And um, it just seems as though once he once he got that big contract, he his, he hasn't been the same since. So um, I'm not gonna disrespect him and say he robbed us blind, but you know, because he was well worth it in the record-setting season that he had for receptions prior to having that injury, the season prior to having that injury. Um, but it, it, it's a shame here with, with Michael Thomas. And, you know, I thought that he was going to be a true factor down the line. I think he still was giving us good production as far as being that slot receiver and being that possession receiver for us. But our office is in shambles, like I've said. And um, I, I saw what Mike Tomlin did in – Pittsburgh, which we'll get into into a second after run all of our topics in the run segment. But you know, we got to get rid of our office coordinator. We have to do something to get a get us a spark. Um, at this point, I'm ready to get rid of uh, Dennis Allen. Um, he never was a good head coach. He wasn't good in uh, you know, he wasn't good in Oakland with the Oakland Raiders at the time. Um, he was he's never been a good head coach. He he's always proven to be a good coordinator. So. I'm ready to get rid of this coaching staff. I think we're wasting our talent. Um, and right now we're sitting at five, five and five. And like, like Lowe said, I hate being in the middle of the pack, but here we are at the top of the division in the playoff race and um, on top of our division. And there's no reason to believe that we can't win this division. It will be tight. We have a, a big matchup with the Atlanta Falcons uh, right now. It's a one point spread. So basically a pick them uh, this weekend, but it's a must win situation. And, you know, Lowe's like, like you feel, I feel like on the fence, I don't know whether I want us to win the game or not. Like, I don't know how to feel, you know, but to get our hopes up and to make it to the playoffs and have a, a first round exit again, you know, it's not really uh, exciting to me. So, unfortunately, you know, I think we're in the middle of the pack and I think it's due to coaching. So, and and due to poor quarterback play, I'm ready to say it. Um, so, coming out of the bye, I, I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jameis. Give Jameis a start, man. Let's see how, how bad he can't be any worse than uh, Derek Carr, right? Right. At least he'll throw picks trying to push it down the field. Derek Carr don't even throw it past five, ten yards if it's not wide open. So, Yeah. I just wanted to say right quick, I think is this maybe the first time of the first season where we've all collectively been in tank mode? Like, yeah, I think I, all three I, of us are in tank mode. Absolutely. But I think that speaks to the talent of the draft coming up, you know. And, I mean, not to switch gears on us, but it really speaks to the talent. It speaks to – we see who the top teams are in this in the NFL right now, and we know that our teams right now cannot compete against those guys. We seen Monday night what the top teams look like, right? We know that our teams probably couldn't go toe to toe to toe with those guys right now um, as the Super Bowl um, rematch happened this week. But yeah, I mean the talent in the draft coming out. Let why not why not see what you can get, right? There's so much good talent. The draft, the uh, free agency class is supposed to be good, like. It's just we're just in this place of we know that our teams aren't good enough. And I, I I respect it. I respect that you guys, you know, know that, hey, 
it might be time because usually it's like one or two, one or two of us like, nah, our team, my team killing it. I don't know how y'all feel. My team killing. I think our team, all three of our teams are middle of the pack and we're all fighting to no, let, let me suck this year. <laughs> I want to suck this year. 2024 is our year. Uh, yeah, let's let's move to some teams that are actually pretty good. And that's the Monday night matchup. As we record this, we just saw last night, which it came in uh, the most watched Monday night football game since 1996 with 29 million viewers and the atmosphere. It very much felt like a playoff game. Uh, it was definitely a heavyweight match. Uh, and unfortunately, Lowe's had to hear earful this morning on how I felt about last night in the Chiefs and Ramon heard about it last night through the group message. I was just so confident that the Chiefs were going to win this game. And um, let's just say I might have unloaded a a little, a good bit of money on the Chiefs and was heavily disappointed when I woke up this morning because I fell asleep on the last drive. I didn't fall asleep on the game. I fell uh, fell asleep on the last drive. So I didn't see how, that how the Chiefs lost. I didn't see that Marquez Van Scantling can't catch. I didn't see that portion. So probably it's probably for my health and my anxiety, it probably was best that I didn't see it and I saw it on record as far as seeing it live in action. Maybe it was a reason why I fell asleep on that last drive, but ultimately we know that the Eagles, they get away with it again every time. They're like a supervillain in a cartoon. They get away with it every time to prolong the season. They've been in some close matches, and they do it again. They edge out the Chiefs. But let's break it down, though. It's worth breaking down. Um, You know, just your thoughts initially. I thought that the game was for the Chiefs taken. I felt like the Chiefs left a lot of opportunity on the field. I think it's a a lot of storylines in this game, but – you know, let's just start there in the momentum of the game and, and your thoughts in watching it last night as we record this. Yeah, I mean, I think in looking at the game, uh, as you said, it definitely was a, a game that, uh, to me, you know, was certainly up for grabs. It's a game that you saw that really Chiefs closed really strongly uh, at the end of that first half and looked like they kind of seized control of the game. Um, and then really in the second half with them not being able to to punch it in at all, not being able to score, uh, you really saw that Philly defense to me be a bend but don't break defense. Um, they allow, you know, Kansas City to sustain some drives. Uh, you had one of those drives that went pretty deep in which Travis Kelsey fumbled. Uh, I'm trying to remember, was that the third or fourth quarter of the Travis Kelsey fumble that happened? Oh, uh, don't remind me, it was the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that that was a big swing in the game. Uh, but what you were able to just constantly, to me, see throughout it uh, and focusing on the Chiefs, as you mentioned, just the lack of, of playmakers, you know, at the wide receiver position that they have. Like, I think that, honestly, this season, to me, from the wide receiver position has been the worst that they've been um, during Patrick Mahomes' time, of course, as being the starting quarterback over there. Uh, obviously, you know, the first couple years or so having Tyreek Hill uh, and always having that weapon. But even to me last year, I felt that they were stronger as a wide receiver core than they are this year. Uh, they lead the league in drops at this point. Um, it's really become kind of a routine thing, uh, whether it's Kadarius Tony dropping the ball early in the season, whether it's on that final drive or towards the end of the game, Valdez Scantling dropping the ball, to which uh, Patrick Mahomes said, uh, in the post game, he tried to be the good guy and say, you know, he should have placed it better 
even though and Ted saying he led him too much, even though there's no better place that he could have put uh, that ball or thrown that ball. So I think that, you know, ultimately it just showed the Chiefs uh, really deficiencies from a playmaker standpoint. Um, and it's really shown to me in this season the change in the identity from this team. With the Kansas City Chiefs that we've known in years past with a dynamic offense that the defense was okay or would be middle of the pack or Patrick Mahomes would kind of have to carry them along. Now things have flipped. That defense is a really solid defense, and the offense does not sustain uh, the same type of success that they've had in the past. So I think that that's a lot of what it came down to. Um, and, and the last piece for me, too, I did feel that Jalen Hurts struggled last night, but that's a, a whole nother topic. Yeah, I mean, just looking at that game, I was uh, talking with a, a, a Chiefs fan, uh, a good Chiefs fans, and same thing, you know, and I was talking to Rob today. You know, Kelsey doesn't look like himself, you know. A, a lot of uh, – Kelsey was a lot – was able to cover up a lot of the uh, lack of receivers last year, right? Whether that's decline because of age, he's getting up there, mid-30s now, or where whether that's an injury that we don't know about, or whether that's Taylor Swift not at the game, you know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't want to start that narrative, but you know, when she's not at the game, my, my my guy, you know, granted he did score a touchdown last night, but he still doesn't look like Travis Kelsey, um, you know, a couple drops, fumbles, and different things that you mentioned, Ramon, you know, and it, you can't cover it up, and I think they thought Rice was going to be a guy that they could step up for him. Um, they thought MVS was going to be that deep threat. You know, we've seen he's not been that. Justin Watson has been a solid piece. But, again, these are all just guys, you know. And Patrick Mahomes most of the times have to make a play, move around the pocket, do different things to even get these guys open, you know. And they just need a weapon, you know. And they decided to take that money, not give it to Tariq, and invest it into the defense, whether that's D-line, whether that's, you know, uh, the young pieces that they brung there and the, the young corners they have there uh, and Sneed, um, you know, I, I just it's just frustrating to watch because, you know, the potential of that offense. You've seen it with a Tariq Hill in that offense. And now it's just that the offense is inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. Yeah, I think overall the Chiefs defense really stepped up to the plate. You know, and you know what Ramon began to talk about. Jalen didn't look that good and he, and he showed how. Um, average he can look when there's pressure in his face and the Chiefs were able to get there. Uh, defense coordinator did a good job in scheming those blitzes. Um, but I think Mahomes as well has been not been Mahomes as well. And I think that that's what people are not really talking about, you know, and I've watched him all season, like the uh, throw a pick, just like the pick we saw last night where he, it was a clear touchdown pass. And, all he had to do was lead him, and he's just overthinking these easy throws or trying to get too cute with it. You know, all he had to do was lead uh, Justin Watson, and Justin Watson would have had his second touchdown of the of the game. I, I, I think that, you know, this team has been the talk of the town, and I think that they will have to understand, and uh, I think Patrick's going to have to, you know, really, you know, will it in. And I think that as well as Travis Kelsey – I think that it may be time for him to hang it up. I, I mean, they, they, there's reports coming out that he is contemplating retirement, but you know he's aged. He's aged quite quickly. Um, you know, he was a he was a stud last season, but you know we know he entered this season injured, and 
it seems like he's getting banged up every other game or he's having to go out for a play every other game. It's like he's playing through injury. And, you know, it's like Carlos said, I mean, you know, Travis is not breaking those big runs or big passes like he once was. But, you know, I, I don't know. But I even then, even then, this game was for the Chiefs to win, which points to how great of a team that they are. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I'm quite disappointed. I thought they should have won. Yeah. And I think that what we have to look at, as y'all were talking about with Travis Kelsey, to put it in perspective, Travis Kelsey is the same age as Gronk. If we really think about it, a lot of times we think of those guys differently and think of those guys almost in different eras. Like he's the same age as Gronk. And so that time is approaching at that tight end position, especially considering uh, really the workload that he's had to have the last couple of seasons. But, you know, I look at the Chiefs and like you said, that game was there for the take in. And I, I won't, you know, talk about a team that is built from a defensive standpoint. But I feel like they've kind of done the inverse of what most teams have done with their young quarterbacks. And I don't know if you can really say Patrick Mahomes is a young quarterback anymore. He's a seasoned guy. Uh, but the main thing that you've seen teams do as far as the Bengals is to get weapons around Joe Burrow. You saw what, you know, even we talked about the Bills struggle, but Josh Allen took off, of course, once they got weapons around Josh Allen. Uh, you look at, you know, even to me, you know, and what they're trying to do a little bit, um, uh, in, in Miami and going and getting Tyreek Hill and having Jalen Waddle and having those guys. And I think that you're seeing the Chiefs kind of do the opposite. They really aren't giving Patrick Mahomes the weapons that he really needs as a quarterback right now. And they almost have it as he can just be this superhero and have this Herculean effort time in and time out. But I think that some of those miscues that you talk about are because he's not on the same page as these guys. He's not on the same page as these wide receivers. They aren't routinely making some plays uh, that they should routinely make. And so I think that that's some of the shortcomings that you see there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Me good yeah. on that. Ultra good. Ultra good points. And let's flip to the Eagles side. Can, can the Eagles sustain this? Are, are the Eagles looking? I, I just don't see it, you know, but do you, I've asked this question, I think a couple episodes ago and y'all both said that you, it doesn't bother you that about the Eagles and how they just squeaking out these wins. But I'm going to ask you now, after what you saw last night, are you worried about the Eagles at all? Only team that worries me with the Eagles is the 49ers. If they continue to win, it's hard to win in the NFL as we know with all our teams, right? It's, if they can continue to win even in ugly games, I, I, I it doesn't worry me at all. Only team that really concerns me with them is the 49ers right now, obviously with all the talent they brought in. Um, but, again, two good teams, and I expect those two to be the top two seeds going into the NFC playoffs or NFL playoffs. Yeah, nah, I think that Lowe's basically said it. You just keep winning and you keep winning. I have no concerns at this point. They went to Kansas City, uh, beat them in their own stadium. That's a, a premier and top tier team that we have in this league. So I can't I can't really fault them. What what else do we expect them to do at this point? You know, and what I saw was a Chiefs loss, not an Eagles win. But that's neither there. But recapping, recapping week eleven. Um, at this point, uh, we have the Lions who got a big win. We'll see them on Thursday. And then we'll give our predictions on Thanksgiving, man. Can you believe it? We're already to Thanksgiving football. 
Uh, we even have a game on uh, Black Friday as well. But, you know, week 11 with the Lions, are these, is this a team that's getting back on track now after we saw what we saw this past week? I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I think that that offense, you know, is kind of really what dictates things for that team. Um, and I think that they're going to be consistent throughout the the rest of the course of the season uh, with that offense. So, yeah, I, I think that the Lions are back on track. Yeah, the Lions are definitely atop the NFC. Uh, I like the 49ers as well um, being atop the, the NFC as well. I think – you know, NFC is a tough conference, man, and, and, you know, I think that at the top, I think it's very top-heavy. Uh, but I'll flip the subject here uh, with uh, just coaching hires with Matt Canada. As we recap 11, it was announced today that offensive coordinator Matt Canada for the Pittsburgh Steelers have been relieved of his duties. Um, when you look at the offense of the Steelers, it's atrocious. I don't think that it was as obvious as it was this past week, uh, just watching it, watching them play. Uh, they cannot move the ball. Their defense is pretty good. I think they look. They remind me a lot of the Saints. They really have. You know, we look saw them against the Browns. If they was able to to get you know a couple more offensive plays, they probably would have won that game. That's been a storyline for them all season long. They finally let Matt Canada go, which is no stranger to us, being that he was the offensive coordinator with LSU, and he we ran him out of town as well down south, and now he comes up here and you know still do much of the same. Um, your thoughts on Matt Canada and is his career over or do you see a future with him? For me, I think it's over. I mean, it was so bad. They've been calling for his job since like week two. So it just finally happened. I, I would, I mean, unless he go and be some advisory type of behind the scenes type role, but his career as far as officer coordinator and what the product that he's put out there and how that's gotten around the NFL, I don't see how he gets another job as officer coordinator. Who who hires that when the proof is in the pudding? Yeah, no, I agree. I think ultimately, even when you look at what he did on the college level, his offenses were always a little gimmicky um, and things that don't really work, honestly, in the NFL. Uh, I think they say in his 45-game tenure, they never uh, had over 400 yards in a game, of which they're the only franchise in that four-year mark that did not have a singular game that they went over 400 yards. Uh, also, too, in 31 out of the 45 games that he was the offensive coordinator there, they got outgained by the other team. Uh, so things just did not look good, did not work out uh, over there. Um, and, you know, I think that ultimately he'll get another coaching job somewhere. I don't think that it'll be an OC coaching job. I think that, you know, he'll get brought on as an analyst somewhere potentially or maybe back to the college ranks of being an analyst somewhere. Uh, but as far as OC goes, that's the end of the road, definitely NFL-wise. I just don't understand how he keeps getting gigs. I mean, is it his name? Is it his connections? I don't know what it is. You know, his, his original Pittsburgh roots, but, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Everywhere he goes, his offense is trash. And, you know, some people have said that the offense is too complex for players to understand. He's not a player's coach. I think that the Steelers did a great job. But they don't have a – I think they have a quarterback problem. And Kenny Pickett is not it. They have to figure that out. You know, Kenny Pickett is a little bit above average. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, moving along, the Dallas Cowboys are surging again. 
And, you know, as much as it hurts for me to talk about the Cowboys, I think we have to really, really look at them as true contenders and back into elite company. Defense played well, as always. Uh, Dak hasn't thrown a pick in three games. I mean, Dak is on a real uh, sort of a tear, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he's done. He's been lights out. Um, a couple, uh, what last week or so, um, when one of his players, I forget his name, uh, uh, Michael Parsons. There we go. Michael Parsons, when he came and said that Dak should be in the MVP conversation, I was like, what? You know, <laughs> like, why? And But, you know, if you pay attention to his last three games, the dude has been playing lights out. And I don't know if he should be the leading in, obviously, MVP conversation, but maybe he should be thought about and talked about in that MVP conversation. Um, but he's played really well. And like you said, the defense, a defense that's lost uh, Diggs, right, the cornerback Diggs, Tra- uh, Trayvon Diggs, you would think that they was going to take a step back, but Bland has been pick six city over there. Um, it's just been a special, special team. And, I mean, they beat the Panthers this past week, probably arguably the worst team in the NFL. I'm not going to go too high on them, but – they and they they barely lost, you know. They were right there next with the Eagles. Um, you know, it, it, I, I'm I'm just keeping my eye on the Dallas. They get hot at the right time, but we all know that Dallas get in the playoffs and they normally choke. They they just that's what they do. Everybody know they have a good team. Jerry Jones is gonna put a good team, put the talent out there. He's gonna spend the money, right? Jerry wants to win, and um, I think Jerry wants to win before he 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 croaks. So um, hopefully hopefully he uh they can they can compete at least being in that nfc championship yeah no as you said you know definitely mentioned a lot of those key things and i think from the mvp standpoint there isn't a a true to me front runner at this point like there's nobody that's running away with the award so having them in the mix uh is definitely something that can be seen now i think the thing about it with dallas that i'm interested to see is how do they handle this upcoming schedule uh they have some intriguing matchups that are coming up uh, where a stretch where they have to play the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions all consecutively. And so uh, depending on how they get through that stretch right there, I think that's a little five-game sample size. Um, but t- depending on how they get through that stretch is what to me will determine uh, where I kind of see them going maybe from a playoff standpoint. But there's nothing to argue at this point that they've been one of the best teams over there in that conference um and you know as much as we probably all hate to say it you know they do seem like they could potentially be a contender at this point yeah i mean they got a really really tough matchup with the commanders coming up this week <laughs> yeah that's why i say that's that's the warm-up that's the tune-up that's the tune-up before they get to that five game no, i'm joking i'm joking you uh you know i gotta watch how i talk you know what i mean i'm in commander's country but uh you know my thoughts on the Cowboys, they've been up and down team. They've been uh, facing a lot of adversity, a lot of criticism with Dak. They've had their ups and downs. Um, I I mean, are we ready to say it? Let's 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 get to it, man. Cowboys winning the NFC. No. Yeah, no. I'm nah. So who winning the NFC? <laughs> In your eyes, week 11. We're coming out week 11. Mm-hmm. Who do you I, see winning the NFC? I hate to say it. I, I think the 49ers are going to be represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I hope they lose to whoever they face, though. Yeah, it, it's it's still a toss-up for me, definitely. I'm still going to rock with the Eagles, though. I'm still go Eagles. Still Eagles, huh? Uh, 
I, I think I like the 49ers the best um, out of the NFC, but I think the Cowboys, they keep playing like they're playing. No doubt about it. They could, you know, pretty much run the table. But, you know, that's that's just where I'm at with it. Yeah, man. So let's shift focus here. You know, we got the Heisman race heating up in college. You know, we got our guy Jaden Daniels in the heat of the race. And then you got guys saying Bo Nix. And then you hear rumblings of uh, Penix is still in the race as well. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, will we say that this is like a two-man race at this point? Or what, what do you guys – what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, my thoughts is it is a two-man race right now, right? And I think odds on favors, Jaden Daniels has taken the lead on most sports books. Um, and I think really if you're looking at an LSU team that if they had one loss – or one less loss, I would say he would absolutely be and he would actually it wouldn't be a question for me because of what he's done through the air, what he's done with his legs and how historic this offense has been. Um, you know, it's not being talked about because of those loss that lost to start the year. Right. That loss against Alabama and obviously the loss against um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. There we go. And, you know, three good teams. Right. But. Because you have three losses, that's you know that's that 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 pill that really keeps you out of the playoffs, um, you know. And I think, like I said, if he had just two losses, one loss, this wouldn't even be a question. Bo Nix, don't get me wrong, absolutely should be in the conversation. He's a, he has led his team to obviously less losses, you know. Um, but again, when you just look at the eye test alone, Jaden Daniels has been special all year, and he's been putting there. He's been putting his foot to the pedal all year. And I would even argue that if he didn't get injured in that Bama game, who knows what happens with that game, right? So, again, my Jaden Daniels, bias, call it what you want. He's my pick. He's been my pick for weeks now. People are calling me crazy even back then. He, to me, and I, if I rank these quarterbacks, I have Caleb Williams one and I have Jaden Daniels two going into this NFL draft, um, you know, which a lot of people have, obviously, Drake May. You know, a lot of people have Bo Nix over them, and you know JJ McCart McCarthy. He's a, he's a, McCarthy. He's also in that, in that mix too. But he's my number two guy, and I wouldn't even be surprised if he goes over K. Williams because he's just that special and his deep ball accuracy. A lot of people were giving knocks on him as far as um, he wasn't patient in the pocket last year. He was taken off too soon. But you've seen this year with Brian Thomas and with our guy um, Ramon. Help me out. Malik, Malik Neighbors. Thank you. And I got Malik Neighbors. You've seen with these two special receivers, he's been patient and his deep ball accuracy has been second to none. Yeah, I mean, I think that you said it, man. This is to me, Jaden's uh this is Jaden's to lose at this point. Honestly, I think that if he goes out and if he has one of his typical games that he'll have, uh, he's going to finish at roughly around five thousand yards for this season and have about 50 touchdowns. And I think that when you look at a season of that magnitude, I don't see how you can ignore that when the gist of the award, the Heisman Trophy, and what it is actually the definition is the most outstanding player in college football. It is not the best player on one of the best teams. It is the most outstanding player. And when we get down to the, the facts of it all, Jaden Daniels has easily been that. Uh, I think I saw something where recently that literally to equal Jaden Daniels numbers, you would have to take Bo Nix and Oregon's starting running back 
and put their numbers together to have the type of season that Jaden Daniels is having. So Jaden Daniels is clearing the competition by basically a thousand total yards. Um, when you look at it, he's leading the nation in touchdowns. Jaden Daniels, if we're just calling it for what it is and on a per game basis, is having the best season for a uh, quarterback that we've seen uh, since 2010. And that even, I'm going to just call it for what it is, that includes Joe Burrow's historic season. If you look at the actual numbers for that, Jaden Daniels averages more yards per game. If you look at the numbers, Jaden Daniels is also having the highest efficiency that we've ever had uh, for a quarterback in college football. So just looking at it from a numbers perspective, from what he truly means to this team, we know if you remove Jaden Daniels from this LSU team, you're probably talking a five-win team, maybe max or something of that sort. Um, And so I think that you got to kind of – you know, take off the blinders and, and looking at the the wins and losses and also look at the, the fact that his strength of schedule is much better um, than what Michael Penix or Bo Nix uh, have faced in this year. So to me, Jaden Daniels is the guy, to me, whether it's the eye test, whether it's you looking at the numbers, he's, to me, the clear guy at this point. Yeah, well-spoken, Ramon uh, and Los, I, I agree with you. Jaden's my guy. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the only thing I could add differently what you said is that I kind of, you know, I, I was talking on his season last year and, I, you know, I saw glimpses of his specialness. Um, and I did say, you know, I, I was talking to a Bama fan that I work with. I don't know if I said this again, but uh, I don't know if I spoke on this on the pod, but I work with a Bama fan. So we talk college football quite frequently. But I told him anyway, I told him in the beginning of the season that I said before the season even started, I was like, Jaden could win the Heisman race. I was like, Jaden can can win the Heisman. He has everything traditional that we see in a Heisman. A guy that can take off and run with his legs and can throw accurately, and here we are. Um, but that's just how he's special. I think that LSU, historically, we could put up the numbers that they're putting up against that 2019 team uh, just with Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors and, and that tandem in comparison to Jamar Chase and – uh, Jefferson. So, I mean, it's saying a lot. I mean, you know, it's saying a lot to see what's happening right now. We can't, you can't snooze on it. You touched on all the losses, the strength of schedule. I have nothing else to say. I think that Jaden will step up to the table and have a, another special game against AM. and um, And then, you know, I think that, I think it'll be his award to win. I think he's been the most special. He's, he's one of my favorite players to watch just from a fun perspective. He reminds me of Lamar Jackson in a lot of ways. Uh, but he's better passer than Lamar was at this stage in his career. So I'm interested to see what, what he's going to do on the next level. Yeah, and I think just one more thing to add as well, too, man. Hats off to the LSU coaching staff for the development, but also the key thing that they put in place this season. Um, and I'm sure y'all may have seen the reports, uh, but the way in which they've used VR to help Jaden Daniels develop. Uh, they said that going into the season really actually prior to the Mississippi State game, uh, they started letting him use uh, VR to simulate all of the various environments that they will be going into. And so they said that that's allowed the game to slow down so much more for him. That's why you've been able to see him even be so much better and going through his progressions this season than he was last season, as Los was alluding to. He's not just as soon as the first read isn't there, just taking off. He's going through his progressions. Everything is slowing down for him. Um, but I think that that had to be a shout out as well too to that coaching staff for the development, but also to think outside of the box and say, you know what, 
let's find another way that we can, you know, make sure that this game is slowing down for our guy. Yeah, and I'll just say this quickly um, for all the listeners out there. You know, this may be his last game or two. Um, take a chance to see Jaden, man, because what he's doing is special. And it's fun to watch just as a fan of college football because it's just so fun. His deep ball accuracy, you're going to get it. Him taking off and just passing and flying by cornerbacks. Like, it, I don't think people actually realize how special of a quarterback we have. And I'll just say that, you know, and I say that about certain athletes and different things. Jaden is special. I say that about LeBron and his time up, you know, and I'm not obviously not comparing him to LeBron, but there's certain ap- athletes and certain in their in their realm that you just have absolutely have to see. And I'll just say Jaden Daniels is one of those guys. And I've been rooting for him. I just I would love to see him in horns, not to make this a Rams podcast. Oh, so now you want to talk about the Rams. Now huh? you want to talk about the Rams. And then earlier in the same, he said he didn't want to talk about the Rams. He talked 15 <laughs> straight minutes about the Rams. Anyway, Lowe's ain't fooling nobody. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, we're we good here, man. I think that, you know, I'd love to see Jaden in, the, in the, somebody in the Heisman house representing LSU. You know, that would be nice. Hopefully he doesn't have any type of, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, any, you know, any companies that's stopping him from being able to do that. But that would be nice. Uh, but, you know, LSU to put up two Heisman people potentially in the past uh two um three three years is is pretty from the four years that's pretty phenomenal so you know we'll see uh anyway thank you guys for listening rocking with us we're gonna wrap this thing up we'll appreciate you by the time you hear this it will be thanksgiving so we we say happy thanksgiving from the ob family uh we'll be dropping this by the time you hear this um we hope that you enjoy your holiday have a safe holiday enjoy your football Enjoy your Thursday football. We didn't get to predictions on Thursday football. It's too late now. But anyway, we'll get to it. We'll uh until you you know, like I always say, make sure you follow us on O underscore bench warmers uh on social media. Uh make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, opinionated bench warmers on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And until next time, we're out of here. Later.